Tell the testimony behind this one. My two-year-old, who was a miracle child, was sent in the room by my miracle wife. He had something in his hand, and he was just waving. I was like, what is it? He said, Daddy. I said, what is it? Bring it in. Daddy. It's close enough for me, from, from, to me for me to realize what it was, and it was the results of a pregnancy test that says not only did God bless you and favor you with miracle child number one, but here's another one that y'all wasn't looking for. And, and what I heard in the physical was, Daddy! But all I could hear in my spirit was, God is able! Daddy, God! I said, God, you got to say something after this. What are you going to tell me? Went down to my basement. Same spot that he blessed me with. I need you now. I sat down at the piano. I said, God, speak to my heart. And these are the words that he said. Tell me who can make a mountain. Move out of my way. Who can make a miracle. Because of my faith And when the doctor says no Who can still say yes When I'm in trouble Who's that same God That will help, help me pass every test God is able, God is able, oh, and he, he won't, he won't fail, tell me, who can make a river out of a little stream, who can tell the clouds to roll back? So that the sun can look at me And who can tell the wind To whistle through the trees And when I'm in trouble Who's that same God, that same God That will come down and rescue me
you dare give me in a love that God wants. He wants God is able. I tell you, God is able. And He, he won't He'll never leave you. Oh, He'll never forsake you. No. He will never leave you by yourself. He will always be with you, even until, even until the end of the world. Oh, oh, oh God, oh, God won't fail. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. He won't. Oh, God won't leave you. God won't leave you. God won't leave you. for your mama. He'll do the same thing for you, yeah. He won't. He won't. He won't fail you. God won't fail you. God won't fail you. No. God won't. I know your friends will leave you. I know that the family won't always be around. But this one thing I know. God won't fail. means okay i got a few people that caught on i'm gonna wait for the rest of y'all to catch up with us this means this means war jump on your feet grab your bibles there is a word from god and i'm excited about the privilege of preaching turn to the 144th number of psalms i recognize that our, our schizophrenic weather is kind of crazy around here uh, but it's hot y'all got hair on devil is a lie 144th number of psalm the first verse and then i'm going to move to ephesians 6 10 through 18 oh help us lord do a perfect work in this place let your spirit Move through this building in such a magnificent way that nobody leaves it the same way that they came. Transform our stinking thinking, kill our ignorance with the truth, and cause our minds to be reassembled and reset according to your divine will and your divine way. Thank you, God, that you sent us here, you set it up, you positioned us so that we would hear from you. Cancel every distraction and every demonic vice and device that he would use to cause us to not get this message in our hearts. Let it infiltrate our hearts, let it take authority over our minds. Let it become who we need to be, let us become who we need to be in order to bring greater glory to your name. Thank you for such a phenomenal and dynamic truth. Now give me the grace and the anointing to teach and to preach it under the power of the Holy Spirit so much so that when I open my mouth to speak, the enemy has to flee. I claim this because you've already declared it. I believe that your truth is yes and amen. It cannot be rescinded. It cannot be repulled. It cannot be pushed down, beaten down, broken down. It will live and it will always rise. So let it rise in me. Let it rise in every person in this room so that the world can see this means war. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. The 144th number of Psalm, the first verse says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for the battle. I'm going to do it again. Praise the Lord who is my, what is it? rock who is my rock praise the lord who is my rock i don't know if you capture the, the intensity and the importance of that particular portion of the scriptural text but i want to just stop for one second and make sure that i unpack it just a little bit uh, how many of you have ever depended on somebody and they let you down whether it was through intentionality whether it was through uh, circumstance whether it was uh, forgetfulness whatever it was how many of you have ever depended on somebody who has failed you in some way or let you down 
Okay, so then that brings a greater level of importance and intensity to this text when it says, praise the Lord, who is my rock. He is an immutable, unchangeable, infallible, the same yesterday, today, forevermore. The most consistent individual in your life is the rock of Jesus Christ. It is God himself. So when the text says, praise the Lord, Thomas says, take praise the Lord, who is my rock. He says, I'm thankful that I am situated on something that is so next level incredible that it cannot be wavered. It cannot be moved. It cannot be changed. It cannot be silenced. It will be everything that God says it will be when I need. This is the key. When I need it to be. That means if I need a father, he is my rock. If I need provision, he is my rock. If I need restoration, he is my rock. If I need joy, he is my rock. If I need new relationships, he is my rock. If I need a new position, he is my rock, and he never fails. God never fails. What do you mean he failed me? He let my loved one die. No, for those who die in Christ never die, but they lived. Either they're going to live or they're going to live. Either they were healed or they were healed. He never fails. I love it because not only is he my rock, when I'm fighting everything that I need to fight in this world, when I'm up against all that I'm up against, come on, brothers, you can definitely testify. When the enemy is trying to snatch and steal everything connected to me, he trains my hands for war. And gives my fingers skill for battle. He trains my hand. He moves and affixes my hand for war. And he gives my fingers skill for battle. Now jump over to Ephesians the 6th chapter verses 10 through 18. If y'all still with me say amen. We're going to look 10 through 17. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Finally brethren. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. This is why. That you may be able to what? Stand. I want to get it. I want to make sure you get this. Because this is so imperative. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles. That word wiles translates literally the way or the road in. When the enemy tries to get in one road and you put a block up, don't think that he's quit. Don't think that you got this victory and he's done. He's looking for another road or another way in. So the whole armor is necessary that I may be able to stand against the other roads in. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And I don't know if you've been watching what's happening in the world, but this is the evil day. If you watch the news for any amount of time, you will see this is the evil day. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded with the belt of truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take up your shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Take on the helmet of salvation. Make sure you don't leave home without the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Preach through me and to me and get the glory. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the incredible presence of our God. I need to know I've got some warriors in the house today. Yeah, sound of war cry in the holy temple. I need to know. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you're prepared to fight. I hope you're prepared to fight. Turn to somebody on the other side and say, I hope you're prepared to fight. I hope you are prepared to fight. Another thing I want you to tell them, I know I, 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 y'all don't like to talk to each other. I don't know why y'all sit by each other when you don't like to talk to each other. But it's a little late now you're here. So, 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 so tell them, congratulations. You won. Yeah, congratulations. You won. I, I Notice I did not say you will win or winning or we win, but I want you to look at the tense. I want you to look at the definitive nature of what I had you say. Tell them, I, I promise you, you, you ain't shouting yet. But once I break down the text and give you the truth of God's word, you're going to lose your mind. Tell them again. Look at somebody else. They acting shady on that side. Just find somebody else and say, congratulations, you won. Glory to your name, God. There, there was a man down south, uh, and I, I grew up in Arkansas and uh, Oklahoma, so southern either way. Uh, but there was a man down south, and anybody that's from down south, don't have any folks from down south? Okay, then y'all can testify. Do I have any people from the west side? Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> and if you're from the south side, same thing. You're just a little bougier than we are. You, you, you ghetto country, you country. There's a man that was down south, and anybody knows anything about growing up down south, it's just not a lot to do. You know, we make up games and we make up things and we, you know, we have fellowships uh, anywhere and everywhere. All they do is pop the trunk. Your uncles get out with a cigarette hanging off of one lip. Junebug come around the corner with a, a paper bag twisted on the top. Only the real folk know what I'm talking about. The rest of you, what does he mean by that? But down south, there wasn't a lot to do. And so there was a young man who just had a fresh outfit. He had on the new Adidas when Adidas was popping. That's when he had on shell toes and the whole Adidas outfit. And it was white. Uh, it was really nice. White with black, three stripes on it. I mean, it was fresh. And he was going out. So he had, a, he had about a bottle of cologne on. He stepped out. He was ready. He said, I got this thing. This, yeah, it had, the, had three chains hanging around here. Y'all know how we do it down south. Go to right here. 
So, I mean, he was sharp. And so when you get in the car, whenever you get ready to go out, your car got to be sparkling. I like to call it lipstick. You got to have some lipstick on your wheels. It got to have a shine to it. And somebody knows that, that we used to put armor all on the seats and the dashboard to the point where you sat down, you just slide all right off of it. I'm, I'm educating the newbies. I'm educating the people that don't know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of us, we thought we had it going. You can't tell me nothing. No, I'm sharp. He shows up the club. Now, the clubs did not look like what you probably have fashioned in your mind a club looks like. The club was really, you know, a hole in the wall. Uh, depending on what era you're from, it was a, a juke joint. It was a spot. It was, you know, a little lounge, as we call them. Just a fancy word for a few pieces of furniture and let people have fun. And so uh, he shows up. And there's a group of guys. He, he shows up before his buddies show up. There's a group of guys that are there. And they see him. They spot him. And they immediately say, that's him right there. And so these guys, they came over. And, you know, down south, they have red dirt, clay dirt. And so these guys came over. And they immediately jumped on him with fury, kicking him, punching him. He was wrong. When he got done, his white suit wasn't even white anymore. Blood coming down his face. They beat him mercilessly. They, they jumped on him in midways, the pummel, midways, the pounce, midways, the fight. Somebody said, hey, hold on, y'all. That's not even him. That's the wrong guy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you are so angry, so furious, and so determined to defeat somebody, but you get halfway through the battle and realize you are fighting the wrong guy? That's exactly what we do on a consistent basis. We are fighting, but we don't realize we're fighting the wrong guy and the wrong battle. We have given the devil too much authority, too much prominence, too much position, too much credit. Anything, anything that goes wrong with the slightest movement, you know the old adage, oh, that old devil is busy. No, I need you to understand uh, that, that we're not fighting the devil. <sighs> I knew this was going to be a mic drop moment. What do you mean we fight the devil? No, you're not fighting the devil. See, you have spent your life and you spent your energy and you spent your time fighting the wrong person. How can you fight someone who is a defeated foe? Okay, y'all gonna make this harder. That's cool. I got it. There was a man that we, we must understand that this means war is not about attempting to defeat the devil because he's already defeated. In John 12, it says the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. He's already been condemned. He has already been defeated. When Christ died on the cross, was buried and raised from the dead, he defeated the enemy and all the demonic principalities once and for all. In, ju in John 16, he judges the enemy. The prince of this world is judged. So his eternal condemnation is already set and affixed. So why are you fighting someone that Christ has already defeated? Ooh, this is good to me. I, I want you to understand that you cannot spend your energy fighting the enemy because the enemy has already lost. So what is your role in the fight then? If, if Christ has already taken down the enemy, if, if the devil has already been defeated, if he is a defeated foe, then why in the world are we still fighting? What is our role in the fight? If this means war, I, I don't understand. What are we supposed to be doing? Here it is real simple. Three things. First of all, your role in the fight is not to take out the enemy because the enemy has been taken out. It's not to defeat the devil because the devil has been defeated. Your role is to first and foremost explain the gospel. We're not here for agitation. We're here for revelation. All we have to do is to reveal to people the truth of what God has already done and already said. That's the only responsibility we have in the fight is to explain the gospel. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, completely equipped for every good work. Your responsibility is to teach people who God is through the teaching or through the dynamic truth that he has given us called the word of God. If you with me, say amen. Problem is you're not explaining your faith to anybody because you don't know your faith. It's hard to explain what you have not yet obtained. It's hard to give an explanation and information and revelation when you have none to pull from. So explaining the gospel is one of your priorities or your roles in this fight. That means that you have to be a student of his truth. Which leads me to the second thing that you're supposed to do. The second role you carry in this fight is to expand the kingdom. We have gotten to a place where we are settling. We're, we're good with good singing and a good service. If your pastor tunes up and, and hollers a little bit, we're good. Child, he did preach today. What did he preach about? I don't know, but child, it was good. No, your role is to take what is being deposited and go and tell somebody else about Jesus. You are to enlarge the kingdom. In Revelation 12 11, they overcome the enemy by the power of the blood of the Lamb. Watch this. And the word of your testimony. Please get this. You are fighting the devil, but the devil is defeated. Why? Because the blood already did that. When Christ spilled his blood, he once and for all consumed every dastardly deed of the devil and condemned him to darkness for all of eternity. So, your other role, or the other part of that text, we overcome the enemy by the power of the blood of the Lamb. Watch this. And the word of our testimony. He said, I could not defeat the blood. So, the one thing that I'm going to do to keep everybody else from being set free, delivered, healed, restored, put back together again is I'm going to push mute on 
the saints. I'm going to push pause on the praise. I'm going to put them in a posture where they're silent about what Jesus has done for them and who he is to them and what he's capable of doing in their lives. And because of that, there'll be people around him sitting in the same section, two seats down or two people down on the same row who are going to be dying on the inside because somebody on the row wouldn't even share what God has done for them. That's the trick of the enemy. It's to stop you from enlarging the territory of God's kingdom. Mark 16, he says, go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. You think that he's talking just to the people who carry the office of minister, preacher, or teacher, or pastor. But every individual who claims Christ as a part of their family, who has been engrafted into his family, who is a believer in the salvation of Jesus Christ, has a responsibility to go and preach and or teach or tell somebody about Jesus. Slap your neighbor and say, you're too quiet. You're too quiet. You know, all the stuff you've been through and you're going to sit there like a silent statue in the sanctuary. You ought to be telling everybody you know. Oh, it's the Lord's doing. God did it. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's faithful. I thank you because it's, God did it. How did you get the car? God did it. How did you get the house? God did it. And how are we able to get over that cancer that was supposed to take you out here? God did it. How did you raise your kids to be so brilliant? God did it. How did you get them through school? God did it. How did you get them off the street? God did it. How did you make it through this season? God did it. You got to run and tell everybody you see God did it. Uh, you, you think it's hard? It's not. It's not hard to expand the kingdom. Just talk about the kingdom. If I want to expand the kingdom, all I got to do is talk about the king. Because when I start talking about my king, when I start bragging on my king, when I start celebrating my king, you're going to want to know who my king is. You're going to want to be close to him. You're going to want to know how can you get the hookup? How can I get in a posture where windows of heaven are opening up and blessings are pouring out that I don't even have room enough to receive? How can I be down? Our role is not to defeat the enemy. He is defeated. You keep trying to fight someone who's already lost. And I can only imagine that God is looking at you saying, what's wrong with you? Why do you keep fighting him? I sent my only begotten son to die and suffer on a cross for you. I allowed them to place a crown of two inch thorns in his head. I sat back in heaven and I looked over the penalty of heaven and I watched them march him from judgment hall to judgment hall, pronounce him guilty and he had no sin. I let them beat him and ribbon his flesh with a cat of nine tails and march him up Calvary's mountain. I let them lay my baby on the ground and nail his wrist and his feet to a wooden cross and stake him in the ground. I watched as heaven darkened and all the clouds rolled over as they pierced my baby in the side until blood and water spilled out and hit the mercy seat and I didn't just stop there because three days later I intervened and I raised him from the dead so I can't understand why are you still fighting this devil when I've done all of this to defeat him just makes makes no sense our role our role is to expand the kingdom our role is to explain the gospel but our role is also to enforce the cross we, we are the spiritual police yeah yeah and the problem is it's hard to police anything when you don't know your rights if you don't have knowledge of laws you're gonna be a horrible police officer the problem with many of us is the enemy takes advantage of us because we don't know our rights. You can't enforce what you don't know and you can't enforce what you don't understand. So if you want to become a, a part of the process of fighting the enemy, you fight the enemy by knowing your truth. You fight him by knowing the truth. When you know your rights, you will walk around decreeing and declaring things out of the rule book that even the enemy is subject to. And you will not allow yourself to walk around with a mindset or a posture of defeat. Not my children. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. You have no authority or power. Not my family. Not my marriage. Not my household. Not my health. Not my wealth. Not my increase. You're a lie. And I know who you are. I see you. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every window, every doorknob, every handle, every seal in my household. You have no authority here. The Lord said, I am the head, not the tail above, not beneath the lender, not the follower. I am wealthy in Christ Jesus. I will have everything that I need supplied, not by my account, but about his account, which is endless and boundless eternal the lord is my refuge and he is my strength in him i will find the help in the time of need god is my buckler and my shield my god my god my he is a laboratory satan you are a liar i'm not gonna lay down and let you just take over our neighborhoods i'm not gonna lay down and let you take over our block i know who my god is and i know what he has invested in me so i have a, a divine responsibility to enforce the power of the cross but again you can't enforce what you don't understand so what are you fighting Everybody's excited and say, this means war. Oh, we're going to beat the devil. No, he's beaten. So what are you fighting? What are you up against? What are you fighting? Okay, let me help you out. It's real simple. I love this. this is, I'm turning the corner. This is so good to me. The, the fight is not between you and the devil. The ultimate battle is...
difference between truth and lies. So what you're fighting are the lies of the devil. Lies versus truth. The enemy uses words to trap you and consume you. But God uses words to redeem you and to save you. If you remember the temptation in the garden, that when the enemy showed up, Satan showed up and started talking to, to, to Jesus, he used the word of God, which should indicate to you that the enemy knows your book too. So you have to know your book so that he can't trap you and trick you by perverting the truth and giving you a lie. When God, when, when Christ, when he refuted him, when he battled him, when he defeated him and the temptation of the enemy at that moment, he used the word of God. Satan is the father and the author of lies. The truth cannot be found within him. And so when you use God's truth as your weapon, the enemy's lies are muted and silenced. Okay, here's an example, real, real life example. When the doctor says, this is it, that's all, this is what it's going to be from now until. You go and find his truth and say, but, excuse me, doc, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him and by his stripes. Mm-mm, I, mm, I know what you said. I am, not will be, not shall be. No, I'm already walking in the inevitability of what God has stored up in the heavenly, waiting on the manifestation in the earthly. I am healed. And I'm not going to let you trick me into speaking over myself and decreeing damnation, gloom, and doom over my own bodily situation. So I'm going to speak like he speaks and say what he says. I am healed. God has me in process, but I am healed. I just want you to see how this thing works. Remember that the only weapon the enemy has is suggestion. He can't fight anything any other way. Suggestion is it. So he makes suggestions and perverts your facts so that you don't look at the truth. But when you look at the truth, it kills his lies. God's truth versus Satan's lies. You're not going to make it. It's a lie. You won't be able to obtain it. You're never going to buy it. You're never going to build it. never going to start it. never going to launch it. It's a lie. That you're defeated. That you'll never recover. You'll never get through this. You'll never get over it. You'll never get around it. never heal from it. It's a lie. That you won't be able to keep it. It's a lie. You are allowing the enemy's suggestions, his lies, to kill God's truth. And that is the battle that we are up against. We're not fighting Satan. We're fighting his lies. He can't alter or change what God has already set and established. He can only pervert it. He is not a creator. He is an emulator, imitator, and a perverter. And so the only thing that he can do is take what God has done and try to cause you to believe it's something that it's not. It's never as bad as it looks. I don't know who that's why I need to put that in your spirit. Because the enemy has lied to you so long, you have started believing the hype. You over here panicked and stressed and can't worry and worried and can't sleep and hair falling out in the sink, trying to figure out why your body don't function the same way, trying to figure out how you're going to get through it, wrestling, tossing, and turning. You're looking tired, you're looking sad, you're feeling angry because the enemy has tricked you into believing that it's going to be what it's going to be. But it's never as bad as it looks. That's why God says, listen, stop walking by what you see. Some of you are blinded by your own sight. You see too much. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? You're looking too hard in the natural, but you haven't tapped into the spiritual. And how do I get there? Through the word of God. God's word is your pathway. It is your lamp. It is your light. It is your guide. God's word is your strength. God's word is your food. God's word is your sustaining power. If you tap into his truth, you'll start seeing the devil's lies for what they are. And as soon as he shows up, the first thing out your mouth will be, uh-uh, tricks are for kids. I'm real grown now in the word of God. So I see you, devil. Come out of my house. Come out of my financial picture. Come out of my body. Come out of my sleep. Come out of my mind. Sometimes you just got to get to fighting in your mind and tell the devil, no, not now and not here. This is the wrong place. And you pick the wrong person. You are fighting the lies of the enemy. So what is the battle that the church is confronting? If me as an individual, I'm confronting the, the lies. Here's, here's, here's two categories of things that we're fighting. Two, two categories of things that we're up against. And I, I know this is going to be a little heavy for some of you, but I hope it's also convicting. Because you've been sleeping in the fight. Yeah, you, you, you say, I'm a warrior. Until the fighting starts. And you wait on David to show up. The great savior, the, the warrior king, that's gonna, he's going to defeat the little boy that's going to come and defeat the enemy. The first thing that we're fighting is, is the same spirit that's manifested and revealed in Genesis 3. It's the spirit of Antichrist. In 1 John 4 and 3, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Let me do it one more time. I don't want you to miss it. I'm about to mess with you. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. See, the enemy is starting to lie to you so that you're blurring your lines. Everything is gray. There's no black and white. So I need to help you so that you start delineating. Because God says, I will spew you out of my mouth. I won't have nothing to do with you if you are, you are in the middle. You either in or you out. Are you with me? So, so, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, but don't miss this in the text. And even now is already in the world. You're fighting the lies of the enemy. But the Antichrist is even in a more global capacity fighting the mission of the church to fight the lies of the enemy. 
Are y'all with me? The word anti in the Greek is a preposition that has two different meanings. The first meaning is against. It means the operation of the spirit is against Christ or anything he represents. The other word is to replace. The second operation is of the spirit is to replace Christ. So if I put them together, this spirit is against Christ and works to replace him. And this is the battle that the church is in right now. We are, we are on a mission to defeat the enemy's lies. But while we're trying to defeat the enemy's lies, the enemy is taking up authority over principalities. And he's causing things to be indoctrinated and positioned so that it clouds our truth and causes us to let them replace our Christ and his system with the systems of this world. I know this wasn't going to be popular, but I got to preach it because this means this is the battle the church is in right now. Anything that seeks to destroy the institutions or the practices. Remember that the Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Principalities. The principalities are not defeated with prayer. Principalities are institutions. Principalities are organizational infrastructures. Principalities are systems. You don't defeat that with prayer. You defeat that by getting inside the system and changing it from the inside out. You want to know why we need to be in boardrooms as well as prayer rooms? You want to know why we need to be in politics as well as the church? You want to know why we need to be active in community as well as we are in the house of God? It's because you're sitting here in these comfortable seats and you're enjoying what you think is a good worship service, but the enemy is setting up principalities on your block, in the White House, in the Black House, in the Crack House. You got to get out and do battle with the devil. I told you it's time out for being on the defense. I need some offense. I need some people that can draw up some plays. They say, we're going to take back this corner, then we're going to work on this corner. We're going to play down this street. We're going to vote. We're going to run. We're going to build. We're going to buy. We're going to get. We're going to accomplish. We're going to achieve. We're going to acquire. We've been given dominion. But we are getting it up because we're falling for the lies of the enemy. Woo! Anything that seeks to destroy institutions of practice created and established by God is from the spirit of Antichrist. Okay, marriage. The redefinition, redefining of this divine institution is an attack of the Antichrist. Christmas. You can't even say Christ when the whole purpose is to celebrate the birth and the triumphant entry of Jesus himself. Now you have to say happy holidays. Easter, help me understand how we went from the cross to a bunny that lays eggs. The very identity of Christ is under attack. You literally have a whole movement to try to blur and to try to contort and to try to change the very image of Christ. Institutional distractions. There was a time when nobody did anything on Sundays. It wasn't just Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A that was closed. Everything was closed because it was the Sabbath day that God said keep holy and that in it you shall do no work. You know your man servant, your maid servant, nor your ox, nor your ass, nor the sojourner that is within your gate for in six days he made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he said kick your heels up, chill and just worship and relax. Now, I remember when my children were younger, AAU, they would not have anything on Sunday. Now, Sunday is the first day they pick to have things. Watch this for your children because they know if your children are involved, it will pull you away from a time that you can hear God's truth, be armed and equipped so that you can do power with the devil. Ooh, I'm preaching good to myself. I'm preach. Boy, listen, institutional attacks, prayer in schools. How have you taken prayer out of schools? But now you're trying to institute demonic organizations in the school. You're setting up people who are devil worshipers with clubs in the school. Listen, I'm not talking about what will happen. It's happening right now. But you sleep because the enemy has told you it ain't that bad. But we got to just love all of them. Yes, we have to love everyone. But God called us to not love the ways of this world because it will lead us into the mind. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. Teaching the Big Bang Theory, we won't teach black history. <laughs> the theory of evolution, let me just be clear. I don't care what now. I had to go through it. It was good to know it. It was good information because it lets me know what I'm up against and what everybody else is thinking. But unequivocally, undeniably, let me say emphatically, let me say vehemently, let me say definitively, in every possible language, tongue, and way, I did not come from no monkey. Let me set the record. If you want to think you came from a monkey, God bless you. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ah. But as for me and my house and my children, God made us. And he made me to look like him. He gave me what I need to act like him. And, I, and he breathed into me the breath of life. I need you to see it. We are fighting the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist. And he is trying to destroy the things that God has established. And he's causing you, the believers, to be lulled to sleep so that you move from the black and you don't even grab the white, but you just ride in the gray. We're more concerned about being politically correct than we are scripturally correct. Uh, we don't want to offend nobody. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to do anything that's going to hurt the feelings. We, we're going to say the things that are nice and pleasant and kind, or we're going to assimilate and try to fit in with who? You're called to be different. To be holy is to be set apart. Watch this. You're supposed to be weird. It's so weird. Thank you. I say to my, my papa down in Arkansas, he said, you're so country. He said, thank you. Because what I thought was an insult was actually a compliment. So when they call me peculiar, they're just calling me what God called me. We are a peculiar, a strange, a different, a set apart, a weird people. 
a holy nation, a royal priesthood. I'm only going by what he said. We are fighting the spirit of Antichrist. It's absolutely amazing and astounding right now. Uh, the Dodgers are being uh, protested because uh, there's a group of nuns who dress in drag and they go into community service in drag but with nuns' costumes and outfits on. And so the Catholics are, are finally awake and they are vehemently upset and angry because they're like, you're making a mockery of our faith. This is bigotry. And they are protesting the Dodgers because the Dodgers have decided to allow, I, I forgot the proper name for the nuns' group, but to allow them in their drag to honor them and celebrate them because of pride. Well, last I checked, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the last I checked, it was in the book. Nobody want to preach like this no more. Nobody want to say these kind of things, but you can't stay with me and call yourself a warrior and you can't declare this means war and you're going to be sitting here falling for the okie-doke and going along just to get along because you scared it's going to affect your check. Who do you think your check comes from anyway? What? Another thing that we're fighting, fighting lies of the enemy. We're against the spirit of we're also fighting the spirit of doubt. What's our battle? It's doubt. Doubt is against you. It is your biggest enemy. The enemy realizes that he cannot stop or defeat you, so he works to try to get you to defeat yourself with doubt. If he can cause you to doubt, he'll start first of all doubting God. You believe the lies of the enemy and you'll doubt that God can do, will do, and wants to do everything that he promised he will and wants to do. And when you start doubting God, you will eventually start doubting yourself. Once you start doubting yourself, you start doubting everybody else around you. Your friendships, your relationship, everything is peculiar. Everything is, is iffy. Everything is questionable because the enemy has infused the spirit of doubt into your spirit and now you're operating out of fear and not faith. This is the battle of every person. Satan lies to try to convince you that God is not real. You know why we sin? Because we think it's not going to apply to us and God is not real. We think that we can get away with it. It's going to happen to them, but they won't happen to us. No, I need you to understand that doubt is to act like God is telling a lie. And in my house, I wish to wish, wish. I would have called my mom and daddy a lie. Yeah, that's old school saints right there. You heard them? That's the real old school saints right there. Because these kids are like, you lying. Something going on with my mom. I feel something in my head. I feel a fresh wind coming through here. Matthew 13, 58 says, and he did not do many miracles in Jesus' hometown. And he did not do miracles there. And many miracles there in Jerusalem. Why? Because of their lack of faith. I don't want you to miss, I don't want you to miss this, but you're going to miss miracles because you, you don't have the right faith. You don't have faith. And he did not many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Not because they didn't go to the synagogue. Not because they didn't worship at church. Not because they weren't good people. He did not many miracles there because they doubted. In Mark 11 and 23, it's true, I tell you. If you say this mountain, we say it all the time. If you say this mountain, we got to and it will be cast into the sea. We don't read on. Go throw yourself into the sea. We, 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 uh, if we tell this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea. Watch this, you can't miss the next part. We leave it out all the time. And does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, you're going to have what you said. Because your faith has been, has been placed in a God that cannot, will not fail. So Satan's suggestions are lies to create doubt. It is the demonic to create doubt. Well, well, Pastor, you made a pretty bad picture. There's a whole lot. Hold on, I'm missing here, so I need to fight. What do I need to fight? I'm glad you asked me the best questions here. What you need is the whole armor of God. Y'all got time? I mean, if I can pause and say, I have messages, I'll be right back. Okay, here it is. First thing, it, it is intentional that when Galatians, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians, rather, when, when they start outlining, laying out the necessary equipment in your armor, if you're going to be able to stand against this evil day, if you're going to be able to stand, you have to put the whole armor on. Do not show up to battle half dressed. You're going to get whooped. Ask the seven sons of Sheba. You, you, you're going to get beat down. So you need to put on the whole armor of God. If you want to say amen. Okay, let me give it to you real quick. The first thing that is mentioned in the armor is the belt of truth. All the other pieces in a Roman soldier's uh, uniform. Everything else, the sword, the, uh, the shield, and the fixation, uh, the breastplate was affixed and attached so that it would not come loose. So everything was attached to truth. It is important to know that truth is the most important part of the Roman soldier's uniform. That the belt held everything else together. So every person, if you're going to be able to stand in this evil day, you have to be armed with truth. Are you with me? Then there's the breastplate. The breastplate represents guarding your heart, guarding your vital organs. In Proverbs 4 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Why is this important? Because everything else in your life flows from it. Guard your heart. Next thing he says is, is, is make sure that your feet are prepared with the gospel of peace. Why? So that your feet will be able to stand. The two most important things to a soldier that's going into battle is food and shoes. If your shoes ain't right, you will not be able to make it and stand through the battle. We're losing our ability to stand because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. We're no longer in a posture where we're prepared with the gospel. Remember that gospel means good news. So it's not like we're going out with a message of condemnation and damnation. No, that's not the approach that I take in ministry. But I say with loving kindness, have I won thee? Let me illuminate and illustrate what God looks like through me. And that's going to win you to this. But I can't do that if I am not prepared in the gospel. Even now, we will not take a stand in our own household. I don't know when, how, I don't know how it was an attack of the spirit of the Antichrist. But I don't know when. I cannot punctuate the time when the children got a chance to tell the parent who's paying the bills, got the lights on, put food on the table, when they were going to church and when they don't want to. It's beside me. I have no concept of relativity. I cannot even fathom that in my wished. I'm not going today. Oh, oh, you going? If you're going to eat today, you going today. Unless you're
Not too fast. We don't even tell our kids that they can't have certain things in my house. Grand Theft Auto was no. Period. All their friends, but dad, my friends, I don't care. I, I felt my, my mama and my daddy raised up in me. I'm not so-and-so's daddy. But it won't be in this house. We don't tell them that they can't go to certain concerts when we know that the people are perpetuating demonic things and using devil-worshipping symbols and operating in demonic spirits. But we will tell our kids, we all just be careful. What? We don't take a stand against anything because we don't want to offend anyone. But at some point, you don't have to prepare yourself with the gospel, watch this, of peace. And here it is. The gospel is offensive to those who do not believe in the cross. I don't care how peaceable you are. I don't care how loving and how kind. You got to expect rejection. He says, you didn't, didn't reject you. They rejected me. The world loves its own. So you got to be cool with the fact that they reject. Watch this. Even your peaceable explanation of the salvation plan of God. You got to put on the helmet. You got to get your mind right. Slap somebody and get your mind right. You didn't slap when I see you. I can't stop the bird from flying over my head, but I can certainly stop him from building a nest in my head. The battlefield is in the mind. There are times when you have to war in your own thoughts. I'm not going to allow this into my mind. I'm not going to sit here and marinate over how I was wounded by the enemy. I'm going to celebrate how I'm about to be delivered by God. I'm not going to sit here and rehearse my pain, but I'm going to pick myself up and decree and declare and speak affirmations from his truth over myself that I will be restored, that God has positioned me to be seated in high places in Christ Jesus, that he has made me to be different. So you've got to take authority over your thoughts, every vein of imagination that exalts itself against your knowledge of who God really is. Take it under subjection by using the truth of God's word. That's why you got to get your mind right. The only way you can change your life is through your mind. And the only way he can stop you, watch this, is through your mind. That's why you pray the prayer that this mind the is also in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on and says, now pick up your shield. Faith is the most important part. Because without faith it's impossible to please God. He was 11 and 6 makes it clear that you have to believe that he is. That he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him before you go over here. And so when you pick up the shield of faith, only understand that it, it, it even says in the text that your shield will quench the fiery darts of the devil. When you understand a Roman soldier's uniform, you understand the purpose of the shield that makes more sense to you. Because when they would get the shield and they put it on the uniform, please understand that it wasn't just a shield of metal, but it was metal or a shield that was wrapped in animal skin. But the animal skin was saturated and soaked sometimes for days, so that tells you it was also very heavy to carry the faith. So whenever they wrapped the animal skin, they would soak it in water for days, saturated, and then they would wrap the shield in the animal skin. So that when fiery darts, when fiery arrows were launched at them, if they would hit the shield, because it was saturated in water, it would put out the fire that was on the dart and protect them from being penetrated by the dart that was launched. Are y'all with me? Your life has to be soaked in the spirit of God. You have to be so consumed with the things of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, the truth of God, so that when he launches a dart, it does not consume you and you catch on fire, but it goes out and you keep it from penetrating your mind, your family, your heart, your children, and everything connected to you. Your life is dry. You don't have a relationship with God. The enemy can consume you quickly. That's why when he hits you sometimes and you have not been in fellowship and communion with God, that it will catch on fire and all of a sudden not only are you going through everything and everybody connected to you, it's because fire travels. But if you got your shield soaked in faith, dipped in confidence, belief in his truth, but consumed by his spirit, moving in his power, when the darts come at your house, they do not get any further than your prayer life. They do not get any further than your faith and your belief and your ability to declare his truth. The last one, this last one, this last one, the sword. It is the only thing in the armor that is offensive. Everything else is defensive. Everything else is for you to defend yourself. The only thing you have as a weapon is the sword, which the Bible makes clear in the text. It's the word of God. Why is this important? Because the king is not moved by your emotions. He is only motivated to act and respond by his word. Are you with me? The king has to, he, he cannot operate outside of the laws that he has instituted, decreed, and or signed and affixed his hand to. So his word and the word of the laws are more important because you can stand there. When people came before the king and they had a petition, they did not say, oh, I'm just hurting and I'm wounded. No, they say, according to the laws. Even now when you go before a judge, they're not moved by your feelings. They want, to, they want to know what does the law say? In other words, what rules, what, what decrees have been handed down? Because as much as I feel sorry for you, I must act upon the truth that has been established and accepted by all who are in this, who are in this region. And so whenever you went before the king, whatever laws were in place, that's what moved and motivated him. He could not act on his affinity with you or his emotions. That's why they say the scales of justice are blind. And I always blind. Sometimes I think she be peeking because there's people on the bench. But nonetheless, the concept is that the scales of justice are to be blind. So he abounded by the covenant of law. Now, why is that important? Because whenever you step before God, whenever you start using his truth, then God has to respond to his truth. Okay. Please hear me well. God does not, he's not motivated to move by your faith. We have this Bible concept of theology where we believe that if we have faith, then God is obligated to do it. No, God is motivated by his own word. That's why when you pray, you have to pray with a sword or pray with the word of God. We major in praying in the spirit, but you better learn how to major in praying God's word because that's the thing that causes God to be motivated to move and to act. Watch this. And he cannot do anything else but respond to his truth. Why? Because if he does not do what he has instituted and said he would do, it would make him a lie. And he is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he can even change his mind. He has to honor the covenant of his own truth. So, no, come on, Jason. This is so good. I'll keep Newsflash alert. When you look at the armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of the purpose of the gospel, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. 
you look at the armor. I want you to pay attention. Don't miss it. There are no pieces in the armor for the back. It's not God's plan for the enemy to see your back. Because you're supposed to be able to stand and face the enemy head on. He never meant for you to be on the run. He didn't even cover your back with armor. But Pastor, wait a minute, no. Sometimes the devil's so tricky and so slick, he finds a way to maneuver and get behind me because I don't have covering on my back. I got a breastplate of righteousness, I got a helmet of salvation, I got a sword of the spirit, I got a shield of faith, my feet, faith, my feet, I'm starting the preparation of the gospel. I got, I, got, I got all these things in place, but sometimes he just slips behind me and he said, Don't worry, I already got that covered. Because surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You don't have to worry. He puts you a watchman on your heels called goodness and mercy. So even when the enemy tries to slip behind you, God says, I got your back. When my kids were younger and they would fight, they still do, but they don't think I hear them. When I'm younger, they would fight, and I'd be in the next room, and I'd be arguing with each other. They would escalate, escalate, escalate. One of them would think they were right, one of them would think they were, oh, they would, oh, they were right. One of them would come and say, Daddy, this is a situation, and we're going to break it down, so give it to me. And I said, Okay, tell them I said, do X, Y, Z. When they would go back in the room with the other one, they'd say, Hey, what are you saying? The argument was shut down, we're not arguing no more. There was no confusion, we're not arguing, because they walked in with a different authority. They came in, they said, You said, You know what? I, I don't want this. Not even before I get back in the battle, I've already won this. I'm already victorious. I walked with the confidence when I come back in the room that I didn't have, but I went out of the room because it looked like you would defeat me. I went out of the room because it looked like you was winning this argument. So I went out of the room because I needed to go and talk to the king. I said, I said, hey, this is, daddy, this is what my problem, this is what's going on, this is what he's saying. And then he said, and then he said, and then we went back in the room. He was clear and confident. He was standing firm and precise. He had the wind in his back. He had his shoulders squared, and he said it with his chest. He said, daddy said, you gotta learn how to walk up to the enemy and say, daddy said, no weapon from against me. So daddy said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Daddy said, I am healed. Daddy said, I will make it. Daddy said, I have peace. That's a passage all understanding. Daddy said, where the warriors at? Come on, I know that ain't good criminal, but I feel it in my spirit. Where my warriors at in this place? I need you to stand up and release a praise that says, Daddy said, I will win. I am the head, not the tail. I am above, not beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrower. Daddy said, I am more than a conqueror because he loves me. This is not about to take me out. The suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared for the glory that he's going to reveal. I need you to open your mouth and tell the devil, I got my joy back. I got my peace back. I got my confidence back. And this is a new season. This is a turning point. You will not see me run. I'm going to be running toward the fight because I know who's with me. Surely, goodness and mercy are behind me. Ah, the days of my life. Daddy said, you're going to make it. Daddy said, you'll get the house. Daddy said, you'll get the job. Daddy said, your body will be healed. Daddy said, you'll come off the medicine. Daddy said, this is not the end. Say it again. 
are not defeated. You are not defeated. You are not defeated. You are not defeated, brother. You are not. Sister, it's not done. You're not defeated. Okay, what mistakes you made in the past? It is not the finale. It is not the curtain call. How do you know? Because you got breath in your body. Because you're still here. He's not done. The devil is alive. It's not over. It's not over. You are not defeated. Everything he promised, he will do. He will do it. No, 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 I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. He has done it. You're just waiting on your time to intersect his time. And at the appointed cross-section, it will be manifested. And I don't care what they're saying around you, about you. You shouldn't care. Because this is what God says. I will prepare a table for you. You're going to eat in the presence of your haters. God's not done. God's not done. I don't know who this is. Someone's going to be so I can't release it, but he's not done. He's not finished with you. The devil is tricking you into believing that you're defeated. You're not defeated. This ain't it. This is not it. So much more he has in store for your life. So many more things he wants to do for you, for your children. Your bloodline is going to be blessed and ain't cursed. Christ canceled the curse. Once and for all, it's done. It's finished. It's over. So stop fighting the devil and start fighting his lies. Shift your focus. Say that you lost. Sorry, one this day. Lord, I thank you. I'm celebrating my children who the devil lied to us told us that we wouldn't have told us the second time they said it's like cancer you know what I mean you don't have children naturally you might well consider some alternative means of having children and I got one who's in the air flying home now one I'm looking at right here Satan is a liar whose report will you choose to believe Satan is a liar if I had believed if we had believed the report of the doctor we would still be somewhere lamenting and anguishing over what we could not do could not have could not accomplish could not see and I'm looking at the man on this father's day I'm looking at the manifestation of God's truth that whatever the enemy says is a lie whatever God says I'm gonna sit on it I'm gonna stand on it To live without 
question What kind of thought can we Tapestry of a rainbow Sketch it into a wet sky It's no wonder how he can do Every little thing he does for me If it hadn't been for you Where would I be? Create a skyscraper tall What kind of God can use Pattern and color Give it a name like fall It's no wonder how he can do Every little thing he does for me And if it hadn't been At the bottom When you told me There's a place at the top for me I'll be on the back side When you showed me There's a place in the front I should be I'll be on the outside Looking in When you prepare
Sometimes I feel like giving up It seems like my best just ain't good enough Lord, if you hear me, I'm calling you Do you see, do you care all about what I'm going through? And then he said, one more day, one more step See, I'm prepared for myself And when you can't hear my voice Please trust my plan And the Lord I see And yes, I understand But sometimes I feel like I'm all alone I'm just like a stranger So far from home I feel like I've done All that I can do Please Lord give me strength I'm just trying to make it through That's when he told me Yeah. 